Hello, and welcome to the New Hope Church podcast. You're listening to our Baptism Weekend Lesson. Don't forget to check us out online at www.newhopechurch.tv and follow us on all social media at New Hope Church TV. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy. If you follow sports, you may recognize this guy. His name is Zion Williamson. He played for Duke University. He is an amazing, uh, probably maybe a every 25 year or so kind of a gifted athlete, off the charts gifted, <clears throat> and, a, and a good kid too from what I hear. But at the end of this past season with Duke, Zion let it be known that he uh, was done with his college career and he wanted to enter into the pros and play in the NBA. And so the worst team started hoping they would get the best player. He's the best player that's going to be in the draft, or that was in the draft. The, the worst teams, and that's how it works. You, you don't need to know everything about the NBA, but how it works is this, this, this much for this illustration. The teams that had the worst record get the first chance at the best player coming into the NBA. So they have a little lottery kind of deal for the worst teams. And, and then one of those gets the best player, so hopefully they won't be the worst team next year, okay? And so when he announced that he was leaving college to go into the NBA, pictures like this started to crop up on the internet. As teams and fans hoped, this is all Photoshop, all Photoshop. They were hoping that Zion would be on their team. And uh, so they Photoshopped his, their jersey on to him. It ends up he didn't go to any of these teams. He went to the Pelicans, which uh, in real life they play like actual Pelicans, so it won't hurt him any to have <laughs> I'm sorry, get me on the court. I'm a trash talker. I'm sorry. But uh, anyway, they put these teams, though, they put their jersey on him to imagine him being on their team. Why would they put their jersey on him? Because when you put on the jersey, it shows what team you're on. When you put on the jersey, it shows you what team you're for, okay? Today, I am wearing, I am wearing a Houston Dynamo jersey. And uh, this is actually Tally Hall's actual game day jersey. Tally was a part of our church for years while he played for the Houston Dynamo, was, uh, was traded to Orlando, went down to Orlando, finished out his pro career, became a police officer in Orlando. His wife, Erica, is a firefighter, so they're working down there in the Orlando area and might be watching right now because I told him I was gonna give him a shout out. Give him a hand. Give Tally and his wife a hand. Good people. Awesome people. They're a good part of our church. And, and he gave me this jersey. I don't know if you can see this on the back. It says, to know Christ and make him known, Tally Hall, number one, okay? So Tally, Tally great guy. And, uh, but this is the jersey that he would wear when he was on the field. And, and he needed to wear a jersey. If he showed up in street clothes, they'd be like, you're not even on the team, who are you? But he puts on the jersey because you got to put on the jersey when you go onto the field. You are on the field of life. Whose jersey are you wearing? Now, I don't know if you know this, if you're brand new, we do church 52 weeks a year at this, at this church. We, we get together, we have a good time. I think we have a good time, do we have a good time? Yeah, I love this church, man. 
So many fun and meaningful weekends at this church. I'm thinking of baby dedication twice a year. And this, on Mother's Day, we had like 100 babies dedicated at our church. Graduation weekend, we have all of our graduates stand up. Love that. Uh, love the movie series every year at the, end of, uh, at the end of the summer, going back to school time. We're going to do it again this year. Uh, Christmas Eve is always a hoot, man. And then there's Easter where there's so many people. But it's cool because so many people get to hear the gospel. And we go through an Old Testament character every year. We did Jeremiah just recently. We're always in the New Testament going through a book or a portion of a book. We do topical series on relationship and prayer and other things every single year. And then there's our youth weekend that's always a blast of church. I could go on, but here's what I'm saying. I love doing church with you guys. I love it, man. I love it. However, what we're about to do today, what we're about to do today is going to be on the highlight reel in heaven because today we get to see people go public with their faith in Jesus Christ through baptism. Today, today this church family lives out the words of Jesus found in Matthew chapter 28. Jesus said, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations doing what? Baptizing. I want you to circle that word. <clears throat> in fact, today... We go through all the scriptures. I think there's a lot on your listening guide, isn't there? Uh, every time we hit one where there's a blue word, it's not blue on your listening guide, is it? But it's blue up here. So when you see a blue word up here, I want you to circle it on your listening guide. And I'm not going to tell you that every time. Just do it. And I'll give you a little hint, though. It's the same word every time. All right? Therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey the commands that I have given you. Jesus spoke these words when he was leaving, just before he ascended. Basically, some of his last words here on this earth, make disciples, baptize, teach them, and I'll be with you always till the end of the age. Boom. That's what we do as a church. That's what we do. And we have a good time in the process, but that's what we do. <clears throat> However... Unfortunately, into the capital C church, not just talking New Hope Church, but into the church at large around the world, there has crept in some disagreement on the subject of baptism, which is, which is very sad because this is supposed to be an expression of oneness in Christ Jesus. Ephesians chapter 4 says, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit <clears throat> through the bond of peace. There is one body, one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. Call me a simple man, but here's what I do. When there's disagreement on a particular subject, I think the best thing to do is to see what God said about it. Will you join me today going into his word, seeing what God says about baptism? Will you join me today? All right. So if you're new, if you're new, we baptize probably every single weekend at our church. Somebody gets baptized at least at one of our campuses. And every now and then, one, one, one week in the year, we take the sermon time to uh, reset our understanding according to God's own words about what it is that we're doing. And that's what we're going to do today. And then you're going to have the opportunity, if you have not done so, to take that step today. And then we're going to celebrate it. And uh, I'm just saying there will be some people get baptized today at our campuses who did not know they were going to get baptized today. You were not prepared. But I want you to know something. God was prepared for you. 
He knew you were going to be here today. He knew you needed to take this step in your life. And today is the day you're going to take the step. Now, on your listening guide, why be baptized? Why be baptized? First of all, because you want to follow Christ's example. You want to follow Christ's example. <clears throat> Jesus was uh, perfect. Absolutely 100%. Never, ever, ever sinned. Never even had an impure thought. But, but Jesus was baptized. Did Jesus really need to be baptized? Let me give you the answer. I want you to write this down. Did Jesus need to be baptized? The answer is, I don't know. Actually, write this, Matthew 3.15. Matthew 3.15. In that passage, he goes to the, to, to the Jordan River to John the Baptist. He says, I need you to baptize me. John says, listen, I can't even touch your shoestrings. I am so unworthy. And Jesus says, well, you're gonna, I'm paraphrasing. Well, you're gonna baptize me because I, I'm getting baptized to fulfill all righteousness. I have read every commentary I can get my hands on to figure out what to fulfill all righteousness means. And some commentaries don't even cover it. They just leave a, a gap there. Nobody really knows what that means. Does it mean to fulfill all righteousness, to do all of the right things, to set the right example for other people? I've actually heard some people say that, you know, on the cross, the Bible says that he who knew no sin became sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God. So on the cross of Calvary, Jesus had the sins of the world put on him. So it was baptism was something that he needed to do just like everybody else. I'm not even smart enough to know if that makes sense, just to be honest. But I tend to think that the reason he asked us to be baptized is because he would never ask us to do something that he's not willing to do himself. If he could have got it out of it, if he, if, if he wanted to, he could have gotten out of it. You know that because he does have connections, you know, uh, but he did it. Mark chapter one, verse nine. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth, which is up here on the map in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. The spot that most people believe that he was baptized is at the southern end of the Jordan River. Real quick geography lesson here. Top of, uh, or close to the top of Israel is the Sea of Galilee. The Jordan River flows into it, flows out of the bottom of the Sea of Galilee, goes all the way down, it snakes its way down through the Jordan Valley, goes below sea level, way down, and then empties into the Dead Sea at about 12 or 1500 feet below sea level when it finally goes into the Dead Sea. And there's no way out of the Dead Sea, everything evaporates from there. So, just so you know, Jesus more than likely wasn't baptized up here at the top. He was baptized down here, which is straight east of Jerusalem and where John stayed just beyond the Jordan River, John the Baptist stayed. And so that's probably where John the Baptist baptized, which is where Jesus got baptized. Most tour groups that go to the Holy Land get baptized in the north. Not in the south where Jesus probably got baptized. Most of them baptized in the north. And I'm going to give you the reason why. The water is cleaner. Seriously, that's why most groups get baptized up north. The water is very clean. If you go up above the Sea of Galilee, it's very, very clean. In fact, the tributaries that flow together to make the Jordan River, we go visit one every time we go. The Holy Land is up in the Golan Heights. There's a park there. The, 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 this tributary is flowing and it's just rushing by this beautiful, beautiful water. But they have a place that sucks that water up and puts it in water fountains that flow. And you can stick your water bottle under it and then guzzle it. And so our guide tells us every time, you can drink the water, it's clean. And you would think our people would be a little bit tentative 
not our people, man. They're like shoving everything they can under there and guzzling the water down because it's so clear and so clean. And so that's the part of the Jordan River that a lot of people, up north is where most groups go to get baptized. Not this church. We go here. Would you drink that water? No, you wouldn't. But it's so dirty because it's been flowing all the way through the Jordan Valley and all the farmlands and all that. It's just picked up dirt all along the way. But this right here is, is probably the area, at least, where Jesus was baptized. It's where the children of Israel crossed the Jordan River to go into the Promised Land. Uh, Jericho's nearby. They went and defeated Jericho right when they got there. It's where Elijah was taken up into heaven, this same spot. A lot of things happened right in this area. And it is an awesome, wonderful place with landmines all around it. Armed guards in the country of Jordan is right there. This is Israel. That's Jordan right there. Armed guards across the river watching your every move as you are being baptized or baptizing. I've been there in the springtime. I've been there in the fall. The water's freezing cold. And listen to me now. Jesus walked 80 miles from Nazareth in Galilee to be baptized down here. Jesus walked 80 miles. Back in the day, they would do 10 or so miles a day. So this is a week-long trip, at least. Jesus walked 80 miles to be baptized. This is not a, like an impulse purchase. Like, you ever done that? You ever had a stupid impulse purchase and you get home with something and your wife is like, what, what? what, do, what do, why do we have this? And you're like, well, it was, it was there and I was there and there was money here and the money's now there, and this is here. You know, and, and you don't have any, one time, I hesitate, hesitate to tell this, and you're gonna think, man, you really need Dave Ramsey. <laughs> I'm driving home, and there was a sailboat on the side of the road for sale. I bought it. <clears throat> it was only $300. I was like, I'm never gonna see a deal like that again. I pulled a sailboat home, and at the time, we had like $344. And I spent 300 of our dollars to buy a sailboat and pull it in. Just for the record, never took it out one time. Ended up having to give it away just to get rid of it. Thank you very much. Forget about that. Um, Jesus walked 80 miles. And what I'm saying is this is not something he did impulsively. If you took a week-long trip, whether you went by plane, train, or automobile, or you walked, or you got on the back of a donkey or something, and it took you a week to get somewhere to do something, the something is pretty important. Amen? Whether you're going to visit family, or you're going to visit a grandkid, whatever it is, the week-long journey leads to something for you that's important. Now, if you want to be like Jesus, I'm not saying today that you have to walk 80 miles, but I do believe, but I do believe this. If you want to be like Jesus, if you want to follow his example, you need to get into the waters of baptism. It's not the only reason to be baptized, but it's a good one. Here's another reason on your listening guide, number two. Because obeying Christ's command shows you know him. Obeying Christ's command shows that you know him. Yes, baptism is a command. Jesus gave it to the church. The church, is, the church is commanded to baptize. People are commanded to be baptized, followers of Christ. We don't, we as a church don't baptize people who don't wanna be baptized. And we don't baptize people that don't know what they're doing. So we don't baptize infants because belief comes first, which I'll show you in a few minutes. 
We don't baptize infants. We don't baptize kids until they're old enough to understand what they're doing. We don't push people into the water when they're standing close to the baptistry. <laughs> if that worked and we were real evangelistic, we would just set up pools of water all over town and get a big crowd and go, look, 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 and they just push a bunch of people in and, and say, thank you, welcome to the family of God. And, but it doesn't work that way without faith. But the church is commanded to baptize. People who put their trust in Jesus are commanded to be baptized. Where's the command? We already read it. Top of your listening guide. Go make disciples, baptize them, make disciples. You know what disciple means? Follower. Followers follow his commands. Follow my logic right here. If we don't follow Christ's commands, we aren't following Jesus because followers follow. Followers follow, that's what we do. Um, if I told you that I was on the keto diet, which I'm not, I'm always low carbon, but the keto diet is a low carb diet, but I don't follow the keto diet. But uh, let's say that I said I'm on the keto diet and, and you heard that and you say, are you really on the keto diet? Yes, I'm a keto disciple. I'm all about it, man. I'm, a, I'm, I'm following the keto plan. I'm a keto disciple. And so you followed me around for a couple of days. And I had pasta every single meal and a loaf of bread every time I sat down and sugary sodas all day long. You would rightly confront me eventually and say, I don't believe that you're a keto disciple. Why? Because you're not following the keto plan. You with me? And if we say that we're a disciple, which means follower of Jesus, but we're not following Jesus, maybe we're just fooling ourselves because followers follow. First John chapter two. We know that we have come to know him if we obey his commands. And this is, I think, a pretty good reason for us to be baptized because Jesus said, let's do this. In the church, let's do this. It was his idea. And when we follow him, it shows that we know him. Number three is closely connected to this, but I'm going to show you how things work here in the order of belief and baptism. Number three, why be baptized? Because it shows you are a believer. It shows you are a believer. Now you can look around the room at your campus and you can see people, but what you cannot see is you cannot see people. You cannot see belief in their heart. Belief is something that's deep inside. But Jesus never intended for the belief that we have in him to stay hidden inside of our hearts. Belief is supposed to show up in our actions. We're going through the book of James right now as a church. Have I told you that lately? It's a great book. Have you read it? <laughs> James chapter two, verse one. James, the brother of Jesus. It's not on your listening guide. But James chapter two, verse 14. He says, I'm going to paraphrase it just a little bit. He said, if someone claims to have faith or belief in their heart, but they have no deeds to show for it. Like nothing shows up on the outside, it's all on the inside. He asked this question, he says, can that kind of a faith save a person? And his answer was no, because he says real faith shows up in our actions. And when we get together as a church for baptism and we're all gathered around the body of water at our campus and someone comes out and they walk down those stairs into the water and then they submit themselves to be baptized, all of a sudden, belief is on full display because baptism is all about Jesus. And you can, you can see it, it's a public declaration 
of who they're trusting in. Let me show you some examples from the book of Acts. And we could have put more on here, but I think this will do. Acts chapter 2, verses 37 and 38. They were cut through the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 8, verse 12. But when they believed Philip, as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, so they believed first, right? Then they were baptized, both men and women. Acts chapter 8, verse 13. Simon himself did what? He believed and then was baptized. Uh, verse 35 in Acts 8. Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told them the good news about Jesus as they traveled along the road. They came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here's water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? So he heard the message of Jesus. He obviously believed it and then asked to be baptized. Acts chapter 16, the Lord opened Lydia's heart. We went through this on uh, Mother's Day. The Lord opened Lydia's heart to Paul's message. She and the members of her household were baptized and she invited us to her home. Uh, then about the jailer in the story and, and Paul and Silas, the jailer brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Paul and Silas replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your whole household. They got the household together, preached to everybody. They spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At that very hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed, washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all in his household were baptized. So he believed, heard the word, believed and was baptized. Crispus, the synagogue leader and his entire household believed in the Lord. And many of the Corinthians who heard Paul believed and were baptized. Acts chapter 19, he told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Acts 22, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized and wash your sins away, calling on his name. Over in Colossians 2:12, having been buried with him in baptism, when, which you're also raised with him through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. We could go on, there's tons of verses just like this. Cutting to the chase here. First Peter 3:21. this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also, not the physical act, the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience toward God, it saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let me freak some of you out, especially some of you that spent time in denominational world. No one in the Bible said the sinner's prayer. Now we, we say it all the time now, we use it all. We use it here at church, so don't get mad at me. We use it here at church. When someone comes forward and they wanna accept Christ, we lead them in a prayer. But that's not in here. That was man's idea. When people in the Bible believed and made the decision to follow Christ, after they believed and put their faith in Christ, then they were baptized. Baptism is a big deal. And nowadays there are people who say, no, it's not a big deal. It's not a big, if, it was, if it's not a big deal, why is it all through the New Testament? Why did Jesus command us to do it? Why did people in the New Testament get baptized at the risk of losing their life? Why do people in other parts of the world today risk persecution, risk being banned from their village or their town or thrown out of their family or being beaten or killed? Why do they still get baptized? Why don't they just say like we do in America? I'm following Jesus in my heart. I don't need to do anything. Because baptism makes the heart public. It makes belief 
public, and Jesus wants us to be public in our belief in him. And we don't have this verse on your listening guide, but you can go ahead and write it down. Romans 6, 4. <clears throat> Romans 6, 4. And uh, in that verse, and I'm going I'm to use the paraphrase from the message. It says this, when we are lowered under the water, it is like the death of Jesus. When we're raised up out of the water, it is like his resurrection. Baptism symbolizes what Jesus did for you and me. Baptism does not save you. The one who saves you is Jesus Christ. But baptism is you saying to family, to friends, to the Lord, I am all in. I'm all in. I'm going public with my faith in Christ. And Jesus said, do this. Uh, make, make disciples. Baptize them. To follow Jesus into the water is a big deal. I think it's a bigger deal than we actually understand. Recently, there was a great article in uh, Christianity Today. I want to share some excerpts with you. The guy that wrote it is a leader in a mainly Muslim part of the world. And uh, he, he went to a secret meeting of other Christian leaders and pastors from mainly Muslim areas. And these Christian leaders are trying to show the love of Jesus to Muslims around the globe in sometimes very dangerous areas. So he says this, I'm going to cut to the chase here. He says, I made it to the meeting. Being with those heroes of the faith throughout the Islamic world was humbling. Particularly impressive were some close friends from Iran. One pastor sitting next to me was asked to give a 15-minute testimony. Pastor H stood up and talked for two hours. <laughs> Typical pastor. Uh, pastor H. He talked about what God was doing in his country of Iran. He bore witness eloquently and specifically, believing that he was in a safe place. He shared feelings, dreams, and information that he dared not speak outside of this location. He shared such detailed information concerning faith and persecution within Iran that others around the table became concerned. They reached past me to pull on his knee-length shirt, suggesting that he not be so forthcoming. I remember his words. This is the first time I've been safe enough to speak like this. For once, I want to tell the truth, the whole truth. About two weeks later, after returning to Iran, that pastor came up missing. The historical Christian community, as well as the believers in Jesus from Muslim backgrounds, were deeply concerned that his arrest might be an indication that widespread persecution was again becoming a reality. A couple of weeks later, a historic event took place at Pastor H's church in Iran. Approximately 38 men and women from a Muslim background were ready for Christian baptism. The church was packed as much as security would allow with these new believers lined up from the altar all the way down the aisle to the rear of the church. Within Islamic settings, Muslims equate baptism with salvation. Seekers from Islam investigating a relationship with Jesus Christ can explain away many of their activities. If they're discovered reading the Bible, they can claim they were studying it in order to debate Christians more intelligently. If they're seen sneaking into a church building, they can excuse such behavior in the same way. If they're seen talking to a pastor or some Western Christian, seekers can suggest they were simply, they were simply observed witnessing, lifting up the attributes of Islam. But they can't explain away baptism. There is no acceptable excuse. Muslims believe that at baptism, a person no longer belongs to Islam but to Christianity. The local community says that when converts are baptized, they have left Muhammad and joined with Jesus. 
at baptism, persecution soars because identification with Jesus is real, irrevocable, and forever. Baptism is the point of no return. Inside the church's baptismal pool stood a pastor, not Pastor H, a colleague and friend of Pastor H for many years. As this preacher finished his message, he began to prepare for baptism. He looked surprised when he saw his wife approach. She held out his cell phone. He put it to his ear and his heart sank when he heard the news from the caller. He then turned to the gathering that was there that day. Pastor H is dead. A Muslim friend of ours has just called to say that he watched as pastor's body was taken from the back of a truck and buried in an unmarked grave. He said it was obvious that pastor had been tortured before being killed. I'm gonna meet with our contact later. He will show me where the body is buried so that we can bring pastor home. Standing in the baptismal pool, the leader continued, your pastor's dead. The man who loved you enough to tell you about Jesus, giving you the opportunity of eternal life, has been killed because of his faith. This is the cost of following Jesus. Now I wanna know, he said, addressing these new believers, are you ready to be baptized? Now that you have witnessed the cost of following Jesus, are you ready to be buried with him in baptism and raised to your new life in Christ? Not one person walked away. End of the article. Now, why, yeah. Now, why not walk away? Why not walk away? I mean, you believe in Jesus. Isn't that good enough? Why not just walk away? Because according to Jesus and everything that we can see in the New Testament, the number of times it appears and the examples that we have of people believing and then being baptized and all the other scriptures that talk about the importance of it. Those people said, we're going to do this. At the risk of our own lives, we're going to do this. And here in the United States, thank God that we live here. But at the same time, I don't think that we get it sometimes. That there are other people struggling to survive. I was wondering today, do you believe it enough to proclaim it in baptism today? I'm, uh, I'm happy as a pastor in this church family that we have the opportunity to go public in our faith. But I'm just gonna tell you from a pastor's perspective, I don't wanna take any chances that in the ministry that God allowed me to be a part of, that I downplayed something or I devalued something or I de-emphasized something that God wanted you to do. And so that's why I read you 99 verses today so that God can speak to your heart today. And if you need to do this, then you're gonna have the opportunity to do this today. And, and also on, on my side of this, Tim, the person, not the pastor, I want it to be unmistakably clear when I get to heaven that I am on Team Jesus. Galatians chapter three. In Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized in the Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. Yeah, we're gonna stand before God someday. And I wanna be dressed right when I get there. 
I'm a pastor. Some of you think I'm perfect. Ask my wife. I'm not, okay? I don't have what it takes to get to heaven on my own. I've, had, I've got sin on my record, you know? I've sinned. I, I try to live a good life, but I am not worthy to take one step inside the gates of heaven on my own. All I have is Jesus, and Jesus is enough. So I want to be clothed with him. No mistakes. I, I don't want to go in wearing the wrong jersey. I want to be clothed with Christ. I want when God the Father looks at me, all I want him to see is the righteousness of Jesus Christ that I accepted into my life, that I believed in, that I made public with my faith. And you, my friends, are about to have the opportunity to take this step of faith today. I want you at all of our campuses, bow your heads, close your eyes. Let's let God have these next few moments. Let's let him do what he wants to do in our hearts. If you have not put your faith in Jesus Christ, this is a moment of time when you can do that. Some of you today, I'm gonna to say probably by law of averages, some of you have been running from God. Don't run from God anymore, run to God. Some of you maybe have put God off and you're saying, you know, I'm young or I'll take care of my relationship with God someday, sometime, but not now. Hey, today is the day of salvation. Put your faith in him. Some of you maybe are hiding from God. You're ashamed of your past. You're ashamed of the sins you've had in your life, the things you've done. I want to tell you something. God knows everything about you. He knows every sin you've ever sinned. He knows every impure thought you've ever had. And guess what? He still loves you anyway. He loves you so much he sent his only begotten son to die on the cross in your place. That's how much God loves you. So what do you do? You open your heart to him. You accept him right now. And if you need to, just tell him, just tell him, be my Lord, be my Savior. Accept him into your heart right now. Now, if you have not been baptized, maybe you've been a believer for a long time. I met a woman after last service who had been a believer for 30 years and had never been baptized. And she said, as you were reading the scripture, she said, it was, I just knew it was time. And she surprised her family and, and got baptized. I'm just telling you, if you have not done this, if you've not been buried in Christ and risen up with him through baptism, if you've not clothed yourself with Christ, as Galatians chapter three says, it's time. It's time to put on the Team Jesus jersey. <laughs> now at all of our campuses, go ahead and look up. At all of our campuses, here's what we're gonna do. Um, I'm gonna give you the opportunity in just a moment, if you're gonna be baptized, I'm gonna ask you just to, to stand up. In just a moment, I'm gonna to count to three at all campuses. I'm gonna have you stand up if you're gonna be baptized. Or if you have a child or a student who's gonna be baptized and they're in New Hope Kids or they're in New Crush, at your campus right now, what I want you to do is I want you to stand up for them. But when you stand up, I want you to put up your, your finger. Like if you have one kid, you put up a one, if you have two that are being baptized, put up a two. If you have 99, that would be this, okay? This is 99. Just kidding, but you get what I'm saying, okay? So if you're gonna be baptized, you, you just stand up. But if you're gonna, if one of your children's gonna be baptized, we wanna celebrate with you. So you stand up and hold up your hand, okay? Are you ready for this? You ready? So. He, Here's the deal, the rest of you who are not standing up, you are in 
the cheering crowd. And I want you to cheer. You're a cheerleader, okay? So, so will you cheer? All of our campuses, will you cheer for those who stand up? Okay, so here we go. On the count of three, don't hesitate. If you're, if, you're, if you're worried that you didn't bring a t-shirt or shorts, we got t-shirt, we got shorts, we got towels, we got what you need. God gave you 95 degrees outside. <laughs> and 100% humidity, thank you, Lord. You realize when we did baptism weekend last time it was 50 degrees and still hundreds of people got baptized. What in the world, crazy people. Today there are no excuses, all right? So on the count of three, I want you to stand up. If you're gonna be baptized today, one, to all the campuses, stand up. If you're going to be baptized there, if you've got a kid that's going to be baptized, stand up. Yeah. Fantastic. Awesome, 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 awesome. Awesome. Praise God. Praise God. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. And this is definitely not in the Bible, but those of you who are going to be baptized, if you can text, text things not in the Bible. If you're good, this is, a, this is a way that you can register so that we can get you a baptismal certificate. So you're gonna see this number out in the lobby on all the screens, text that number, but we're gonna let you go first, take your family with you, go get dressed, head to the baptismal pool, everybody else stay put. But you who are gonna be baptized and family members, you can take your friends with you. You get a head start, get out the door, go ahead and start getting ready. Awesome. Thank you, Lord. All right, let's let them, let's let them get out before we let everybody go. I, church family, that never gets old. Is that a, I mean, this is awesome, isn't it? Thank you, Lord, that we as a church family get to see the things that we get to see. Alrighty, so some of you got big families. That's awesome. Okay, so the rest of us, here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray in just a moment. I'm going to dismiss you. And I know it's 135 degrees outside. But if you can just, if you got like two minutes that you can go outside and you can give somebody a high five or you can cheer for someone, just go for a few minutes. You don't have to stay the whole time, but just go cheer for someone, okay? Because we're family. We're family, right? And it's a big day for them. This is an important decision, so uh, let's, let's make sure that we at least let them know with our voices that we're proud of them and what they're doing today. All right, stand with me, please. So if you need prayer today or you need to talk to someone or make a spiritual decision of some kind, there will be prayer partners down at the front that you can come and talk to before you leave this place. Please do so, okay? You don't need to leave here with a burden today. You can leave it here at God's house. Let's bow. God in heaven, thank you, Lord, for your love and for your mercy on our lives. Thank you that we get to see the things we get to see at this church. Bless these folks who are going public uh, with their faith in you today. I pray that you bless them big time, Lord, and uh, continue to bless our church family. I pray all this in your son's name and all the people said. Amen. God bless, guys. We'll see you next time.